Well, I'm thankful that you're here this morning. And I, I want to tell you, heaven's a very real place. And hell's a very real place. I, I, I want to share with you this morning two scriptures. If you have your Bible, turn in the Bible to the book of Luke chapter 16. And then a passage in the Old Testament, Revelation. I'll give you that in just a second. But Revelation chapter of first, Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Well, you look at verse number 23. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. What an awesome passage of scripture. A place of torment. Now, look at a contrast to that in the book of Revelation chapter 21. In Revelation, Revelation chapter 21, I'll call your attention to one verse, verse 4. And, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Will you bow with me for prayer? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you and give you glory for all that you've done and all that you're doing. God, I want to thank you for the labor of love, for the months of preparation, for the time of practices, for the labor of preparing all the physical part of the judgment house, and for the blessed presence of the Holy Ghost of God to anoint every person who had a part, from all the staff in the parking lot, to the nursery, to the registration, to the the prayer walkers, to the guides, to every actor, every scene, every person who had a part. Our Father, I want to thank you for that. And God, I thank you for this morning. And our Father, we stand today in a place between heaven and hell. And God, every person in this building will be in heaven or hell for all eternity. And I pray, God, you'd help me now. God, give me your anointing. And I'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a contrast between heaven and hell. Oh, listen, there. in hell, there's torments forever and ever. In the book of Psalms, he said, in thy presence is the fullness of joy. Thank God for that. What a contrast, torments or joy. You can have that choice. As I thought about that, God, God began to deal with my heart. I walked through on the very first walkthrough that we did on Judgment House. I was in the first group that came by. I was blown away. That's what Jim said this morning. It was awesome. I mean, it was amazing to see the labor that God's people put in and the acting and the touch of God. And in every scene, God was so very real to my heart. And it blessed me so to come through. As I came through the hell scene and I heard and saw the actors in there and felt the heat. I tell you, it, it was hot in there. And then Charles and, and uh, his part and all the other parts. And then, and then Calvin. And Calvin came and jumped on that fence trying to get out of hell. You know what I realized? That there's a lot of things in common between heaven and hell. You say, Brother Bill, that's crazy. What in the world has heaven got in common with hell? And I'll share a few of those things with you this morning that I had. Number one, there are no exits in hell or in heaven. The reason being, when you die, the Bible says when you're absent from the body as a Christian, you're present with the Lord. But this rich man died and in hell, just that quick. 
in hell. Never to get out again, never to be able to breathe fresh air again. Always to be tormented in that flame. What an awful place. There's no getting out. Nobody can pray you out of hell. Nobody can pay you out of hell. When you're in hell, there are no exits. You can't ever get out. And as, as, as badly as anybody in hell would plead and beg and want to get out, there are no exits in hell. But thank God there are no exits in heaven either. Praise God. Because folks in hell can't get out. And people in heaven don't want to get out. Amen. We are in a place of eternal bliss. Thank God for all the blessings. Thank God for what heaven's going to be. No more tears. None of those things. But most of all, I love what the word of God says, what David said in Psalms 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. But I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know what it means? It means when you get home as a Christian, when you get to heaven... You're really going to be at home. Somewhere beyond the grave, there's a land where Jesus went to prepare. By his own hand And for the saved by grace There is a resting place And in a few more days It will be mine Some call it said you can't go back home again and things will not ever be as good as they'd been well I've got good news for you when heaven comes into view one glimpse and you will know the best is yet to come. Some call it Some 
don't you? Heaven's my home, amen. This is just a stay place down here, but we're going home one of these days. What in the world has heaven and hell got in common? There are no exits. Another thing I noticed this uh, as I thought about it, there are no graves. No graves in heaven, no graves in hell. Because in heaven, nobody dies and death shall be no more. I've had the privilege of pastoring for some 44 years and I enjoy every part of the ministry, but one part I don't really enjoy are funerals. Oh, I've gone to a lot of funerals where the saints of God were redeemed and we knew they were in heaven and we had what I call good services. But it still breaks my heart to see children weep over a mom or a dad. It still breaks my heart to see saved parents lay a baby or a young person in the grave. But you know, when we get to heaven, praise God, no more dying. I won't ever have to preach another funeral sermon. I'll tear them all up. Matter of fact, I'll leave them all behind. Praise God. No more dying when you get on that side. There are no graves in heaven, but there are no graves in hell either because people in heaven live for all eternity and people in hell are tormented for all eternity and as, and as desperately as they wish they could die, they can't die. As a pastor for all these years, I've watched many a lost person and many a saint struggle with things like cancer. And I've watched good, strong, young men and women body deteriorate. And they fought valiantly. But invariably, there comes a time for mom and daddy and our parents and whoever, having we've prayed so much for them and they've labored so hard trying to live. But they finally come to that place where we say, and they say, I'm just ready to go home. I'm tired of the suffering. I'm tired of the battles. And my dear friend, at that time, they give up and they go on to be with glory. Pass from suffering to bliss for all eternity. But in hell, there are people who say, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this suffering. I'm tired of this agony. I wish I could die. I want to die. But in hell, nobody dies. And there are no graves in hell. They suffer for all eternity. And I've noticed something else in common between heaven and hell. There are no beds in heaven and no beds in hell. When I was a boy growing up, I used to think that sleep was the biggest waste of time I've ever had. But down here, I've got to where I like it. Matter of fact, I've got to the age, if I get still anywhere, I'll go to sleep, praise God. It don't, I don't have to have a bed. But you know what? When you get to heaven, no beds in heaven. You know why? There's no night there. And besides that, you won't ever get tired. And Brad said a while ago, he's tired and many folk are weary in the flesh, but God will quicken your mortal body and tonight you'll be rest, rested and ready to go all the way through the night. And when it's over the night, you'll probably collapse. But think about it. In heaven, there's no beds because you don't ever get tired and you won't ever have to lay down. Praise God for all eternity, you'll be refreshed and blessed and God will use you. But in hell, there are no beds either because the Bible said in hell, they're tormented Day and night, day and night. I know people whose bodies racked with pain and they say to me, Brother Billy, you know, I, I, can, I can stand it a little bit during the day, take enough medication, feel good. But at night, it's horrible. 
At night, I just hurt so bad. I can't rest. I can't sleep. And I just toss and turmoil, knowing that you ought to be resting, knowing you ought to be sleeping, and, and expecting on the normal circumstances, you, you could get a good night's sleep and wake up in the morning and feel refreshed. But in hell, there are no beds because there's no rest, day nor night or forever. No beds in hell. No beds in heaven. You don't need it in heaven. And in hell, there's no rest. Then I noticed something else. There's only one way to go to heaven. And there's only one way to go to hell. Now you say, Brother Billy, that sounds strange. People go to hell from all different directions. No. In the final analysis, there's only one way to go to heaven and only one way to go to hell. The Bible said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. A person goes to hell because of what they believe. And they go to heaven because of what they believe. Some people believe that there's a lot of different ways to go to heaven. They'll be in hell for all eternity. Some people believe that Jesus was not who he said he was. They'll go to hell for all eternity. Some people believe that it's not real. There's no such thing as getting saved, being born again. And they'll be in hell for all eternity. Some people believe that they've got plenty of time. And one day their heart will stop and they'll be in hell thinking they still were going to have time. They had no time left. And so people today who are in hell are there because of belief. They believe the wrong thing. But the Bible says also that there's a only one way to heaven, and that's to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. You must believe what he did on the cross. Oh, you say, well, Brother Billy, I thought I had to be baptized. I thought I had to get, I had to join church. No, I think every Christian ought to be baptized. I think every Christian ought to be in church and serve the Lord. But the truth of the matter is, to be To go to heaven, you must believe one thing. You must believe in what he did on that cross when he suffered and bled and died for you and was buried and rose again and he's alive forevermore. And so literally, every person who's in heaven can say, when they come through that gate, I came by the way of the cross. to die on a cross for crimes he had done he was guilty everyone could see but his destiny was changed when he looked at Christ and said when your kingdom comes remember me In paradise that day he stood Just like the Lord had said he would Surrounded by those who had gone before One said, friend, how did you come? What are the deeds you have done? With tears in his eyes I can hear him reply There are no merits to my name No works that I can claim He who brought me here Told me to say 
Thank God there's only one way. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You go to hell because of what you believe, and you go to heaven because of what you believe. And that leads me to say this. Heaven and hell have this in common. Neither one have a second chance. There's no second chance in hell. When you die, you're lost for all eternity. Somebody said, when I get to heaven, God will weigh out my good and bad. No, that's not going to work. That didn't work. You say, I, I, I went and saw the movie Courageous, and what a great illustration one of the men witnessing to a friend said. 
Some people in this building think, you know, well, I, my good's going to outweigh my bad. I've always been a good person. You know, he said, well, let me ask you a question. Suppose you stand before a judge in a secular court somewhere and you've committed murder. And you're 50 years old and you live 50 years. And for 49 of those years, 49 and 11 months and 28 days, you lived a good life. And you only committed one murder. Should he put you in jail? Or should he say, well, you've done all these good things in your life. And so you don't have to pay for your sin. No, he wouldn't do that. There's no second chances when you leave this world. You trust him now or you reject him now. No second chance in hell. But there's no second chance in heaven either. When you get there, thank God you'd be glad for the decision you made to trust Christ. But I want to challenge you as Christians. There'll be no second chance to witness to your loved one when you get to heaven. If you're going to take them with you, you better start now. If, you, if you're going to win anybody to Christ, if you're going to do anything for God, you must do it now. You'll not have another chance. If, if you leave this world, your prayer life is over with. If you leave this world, your witnessing is over with. If you leave this world, what you're going to do for Christ to affect other people in this world's life, is your, your chance is over with. You got one shot. Do it now. Only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. What's heaven and hell got in common? They're both big places. The Bible said in the book of Isaiah, hell hath enlarged itself because of all the people who've rejected Christ. And heaven, my gracious, there's no way to describe how large heaven is. It's big enough to hold God and the Holy Ghost and the Lord Jesus Christ and all the saints of all the ages. Every person who's ever lived from Adam to when the end of time comes will be in one of two places, heaven or hell. They're both big places, big places. My dear friend, you have a choice to decide if you're going to be in heaven or in hell. Something else that heaven and hell have in common is this. They're closer than you think. Both of them are. And matter of fact, they're the same distance apart. Why you say, well, Brother Billy, I've studied the Bible and hell's in the center of the earth and, and the throne of God's in the third heaven. That's a long ways away. No, distance is a relative thing. Distance is measured by how long it takes you to get there. And they're both the same distance away, heaven and hell. You know how far it is? The Bible said in the Old Testament, as thy soul liveth, there's but one step between thee and death. I don't want to open any wounds, but a few days ago over in Smithfield, there was a dear lady who took one step into the parking lot. And as you, my dear friend, live today, there's only one step between heaven and hell. One step. One heartbeat. When that heart stops, you're going to either be in heaven or in hell. The Bible said that rich man died and inhaled. I mean, just that quick. He died and inhaled. He lifted up his eyes just that quick. The Bible says for me and you as believers, 
Heaven's just that close as well. Matter of fact, for me and you, we got a, we got a, a double chance. Praise God, we got a double chance. Today, you may have the wonderful privilege of leaving this world and going to heaven. When I was pastoring in Reedsville, I had a young evangelist to come, and he'd had a son to die. They had two little boys. One of them became desperately ill, and finally the doctor told him in the hospital, he's not going to live. And so it fell the lot of that grieving mom and dad to go home and tell the other little boy that his brother was going to die. They didn't know how to express it, so they, they talked to him. Tried every way they could to prepare him for the, for the final word that the, his brother was going to die. And when they finally said, he won't be coming home, he's going to die. You know what the little feller said? He said, I got a question. He said, what? He said, why does Johnny get to go see Jesus before I do? <laughs> Isn't that something? It's closer than you think in death. But it's closer than you think in the coming for the church. The Bible said in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, you and I'll be caught up. When I walked in here, I saw Brother Danny, and I know Danny. I know we've fished together, we've prayed together, we've served together. And I know he's just an actor. But boy, I thought about when I get to see him. You know what we'll say? The actor came out and they cried, they're here, they're here. But there's coming a day where we can say, there he is, there he is. As a child one day I stood beneath a picture At my grandma's house she had hanging on her wall Looking up I asked who's that as I stood pointing She told me the greatest story of them all there is the one who's altogether lovely There he is, the one who took away my sin There he is, the one who's coming back in glory It's Jesus Christ, the hope of heaven There he is
Wonderful, praise God. Do you know what? They're the same distance apart, heaven and hell. One heartbeat, one step. That's how far it is. There's one other thing I thought about in regard to heaven and hell that they have a lot in common. They're just alike. Matter of fact, that is that they never end. They never end. Well, Brother Avery used to say, I hear people talking about spending time in hell. He said, time don't spend in hell. You don't ever put days behind you. You don't ever get anticipation of it being over with. Eternity. Tormented day and night forever and ever. What an awful place to be in hell for all eternity. There's no end there's no escape forever and forever. I don't care what you suffer down here. There's always that anticipation that it'll be over with after a while. Not in hell. Time is no more when you get to hell. It's forever and forever and forever. The worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched in hell. To be there for all eternity. What an awful thing. But can I say something to you? Heaven has no end. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever and forever. Never to have a tear. Never to have a sorrow. Never to have a sickness. Never to have a pain. Forever and forever. What a blessing. Oh, my dear friend, I love to read the Word of God. 
I love to see what Christ did for me on Calvary. It always moves my heart to think that I came by the way of the cross. And when I read in First Thessalonians, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together to meet in the clouds to meet the Lord in there. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wow. Forever and forever and forever. In a place of eternal bliss. Never to ever get tired of it. For it never to get old. For it always to be fresh and for eternity. Eternal joy. Boy, it's hard for us to understand that, isn't it? I love my family. I've never been so more proud of all of my family and see them serving God, working here. And I, I, I pray for all of my family. But you think about this. There's going to be a time that you'll be together forever with the redeemed and with the saints. I'll be honest with you. God spoke to my heart all the way through. I went in that hell scene. Boy, what a... What a thing and, and when I was in the room watching the soul winning and, and saw the, the morgue scene and, and saw the soul winning scene and, 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 and saw the tragic scene and uh, at the celebration and to go to hell and for people that's in hell and then when I came in this place I'll be honest with you when I was outside the door I got just as nervous as a cat I'd seen the setting but you know this, this is so much work. It's unreal how much work it is to get this like this and the platform and everything. So the this construction of this thing was awesome. And I walked in here and I, I, the, and I kept telling my wife, it's awesome, it's awesome. And we were going towards Raleigh and she said, okay, it's awesome. You've told me 12 times it's awesome. <laughs> I said, it really is. But when I walked in this place, I'd seen the here and I'd seen the set when I walk in and I saw the people and I saw Jesus and I'm going to be honest with you and I was standing in there and Danny was talking about I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you come I, I'm over my mind I just imagined what it was going to be like I know I failed him so many times but he's still going to be glad I'm there because he loved me and he died for me and he wants me to be there. In fact, he prayed in John 17. He said, Father, I pray that they might be where I am. They, they might hold me in my glory. We'll get to see him one of these days. Thank God for that. But I'm going to be honest with you. When Dennis comes out of that side, and Jesse went to run into him, and he said, I'm so glad you're here. I was imagining something else, T. We got a little girl over there. Hadn't seen her in over 40 years. But I got an idea. She said, Daddy, I've been waiting for you. I'm glad you're here. Can I tell you, I love the Word of God, but the Bible does not answer everything I want to know about heaven. I couldn't tell you all there is to know and do about heaven. And when they come in, the guides come in and they say, you've saw some of it, but we don't understand all of it. I feel that away. But I'm glad that God, the Holy Ghost, will let me sometimes just imagine what it's going to be like.
religion What my eyes will see When your face is before me I can only imagine I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak it all? I can only imagine, yeah, I can only imagine, I can only imagine when that day comes and I find myself standing in the sun. Only imagine when all I will do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still Will I stand in your presence Or to my knees will I fall Will I sing hallelujah Will I be able to speak all I can only imagine Yeah, I can only imagine your heads please and why you have your heads bowed if you know him
I know your heart's been already imagining. Just think about it a little bit. To be in heaven for all eternity. One last thing that heaven and hell have in common. And that's this. That you decide where you want to go. I got a little brochure this week from the Carnival Cruises. And it said, you have four exciting choices. And it listed four different cruises. I looked at the cruises and they were good. And I could, I'd have went on either one of them. But then I looked at the price. And I said, I can't go on any of them. Because as much as I would want to and like it, I can't afford it. But several years ago, I had a choice to be in hell for all eternity or to be in heaven for all eternity. And I didn't have to pay a dime. Because the Bible said the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And by a simple act of faith, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing I was a sinner, that he died for me, and that he was buried and rose again, I claimed that promise. And the Holy Ghost of God came in my heart crying, Abba, Father. You have a choice. If you end up in hell, it will not because, because you were an alcoholic or a doper or you were an immoral person. It will not be because you have not done other things. It's simply because you decided you chose not to trust Jesus. And for those of us who will be in heaven, it's only one reason we'll be there. Not by the will of the flesh, not by the will of man, but by the will of God. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. You decide whether you go to heaven or hell by what you do with Jesus.